Hapaitia te aratika pu mau ai te rangatiratanga munga uri fakatsipu. Foster the pathway of knowledge to strength, independence and growth for future generations. Nga iwi o te motu, nau piki mai, nau kake mai ki tēnei o ngā hotaka a te ahikā i runga i te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Ko Justin Maria Hau e hāpai nei i tēnei hotaka e pāna ki ngā kaupapa Māori. Welcome to Te Ahikā, the kaupapa Māori show here on Radio New Zealand National. I'm Justine Murray. Tomorrow it's Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori, Māori Language Week, and this year's theme is kai. Yes, food, glorious food. Coming up later in the programme to give you a kickstart to your week, Māori Language Commissioner Ruakiri Hond gives us a few tips to incorporate the language of kai within the home. Many people say, well, what is Māori Language Week? Every week's Māori Language Week. But the idea of seeing Māori language being more prominent in a whole range of things and the um, schools getting behind it and encouraging the, all of their pupils to, to use Māori in a range of contexts, um, yeah, we, we're right in, in support of it. And so kai, again... Um, we're hoping everyone eats through this week. <laughs> there at some stage they'll have a feed and um, at some stage they'll think about, well, what real can I use while in, in relation to this, this meal? Ruakiri Hond, who will join us later on in Te Ahika. Plus, we'll also hear a few tips for Māori Language Week from the newly appointed CEO of Te Taurawhiri i Te Reo Māori, the Māori Language Commission, Glenis Philip Barbara. And then we're back in the Wairarapa. I'm at King Street Artworks in Masterton with Māori arts tutor Jenny Kartene Morgan, whose creative art programme caters for youth at risk and those suffering from mental illnesses. She's known as Fire Jenny, and there's a whole raft of Māori crafts she's teaching her students. Um, weaving. <laughs> Anything, really. Like raranga. Raranga. If they ask for it, I have to go and find out what they want. And sometimes I actually bring people in and do wānanga. I've got four wānanga a year that I do. Um, and this year we're going to be doing carving um, Māori puppets. Oh, like karitao puppets. Karitao. We're going to try anyway. Jenny Kartene Morgan from King Street Artworks in Masterton, coming up later in the programme. I'm Justin Murray. Nareira e teiwi, koua e huriatsu. Kei te pakarongo maera ki te ahika. Kotemia tuatahi. Cultures from around the world came together for this year's Indigenous Weavers International Symposium in Rotorua. Hosted by the National Weavers Group Te Ropuraranga Fatsu o Aotearoa, its main purpose was to share ideas, networking and, of course, practical workshops to learn each other's craft, like feather-making of Hawaii, preparing muka from harakeke and paper-making. Now, part of the five-day symposium was dedicated to panel discussions in which the weavers would discuss a topic of the day. Coming up, featured weavers include Machu Dixon no Ngaitirangi me Ngātirangi Nui, Carl Leonard no Tiaroa, Paula Rigby no Ngaitahu and Donna Campbell no Ngatirua Nui me Ngāpuhi. In part two of this discussion, the panellists talk about how weaving, te reo Māori and tikanga Māori are all interconnected. Weaving is not just um, uh, up there, it's what's happening in the community. That's how I feel because I think that um, uh, just recently in Tauranga, uh, they re- we did a marae uh, kohuria and they had to knock it over and put it up again, but they extended it, the marae. It's in Tauranga, I don't know if you know the marae, it's the marae of Ngaita Marawaho. But the first thing that those people of that marae wanted is they wanted whāriki to fill the floor of that marae. So they, they got weavers, and there were only a few of them, and they said, we want to, you know, we want whāriki. Because they recognised that whāriki... You would have gathered that one of my interests is whāriki weaving, but they wanted whāriki that um, showed the mana of the people. Nobody said who made those whāriki, sometimes they did, but what they saw was these are the whāriki of Ngai Tamarawaho. 
these are the whariki of, of Ngai Tukairangi, these, like that, you know? And so I was really pleased to hear that, say in Rotorua here, that their various marais have had projects to do to make whariki for each marae, because I think every marae in the country should have a whariki that represents that iwi, that marae, that whare. And where possible, that that whariki, because that's what people see, because the next thing we can talk about, where are the kākahu that goes on that to Papaku? I don't know if you've ever been to Tangi where there's been no, tu, no kākahu. He pōhara, he pōhara te marae. So that's something that I think that we need to, that we can think of as weavers. We go back to where we come from and we say, is our marae, because that's what those old people used to do. That's what I remember. When, when they had a tangi at Matakana Island, my grandmother used to roll up all of the whārikis that she had and just put them by the, by the gate, and they would pick all the whārikis up with the mattresses and everything to take it down to the marae. The important thing is, no matter how pōhara they were, when you showed something that everybody came on to see on the marae, it was the very best they could put forward. So, koera wakuma, waku whakaaro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree that I think that the fibre arts are, are um, well and thriving, but I think that part of this now generation thing, I want it now, um, has sort of sprung upon us, and a lot of people come and have never done any raranga before, and they want to make kitsu for just like that and they can't understand that they have to go through the steps and processes. So I guess that that's a part of that um, understanding the traditional backgrounds to come to be able to be a person who can produce work of that standard. And I'll go back even further than that. Um, I know a lot of um, weavers who don't understand the tikanga of going to the pāharakiki. They don't know how to cut, and they don't know how to... Or they'll, they'll go and cut, and they cut beautifully, but they just take what they're going to go and use, and they don't look after the rest of the bush. You know, these are fundamental things that we should be making sure are in place first. Mm. So um, those are some of the concerns that, that I have. Yeah. I was going to ask a question of uh, Tina, um, our visitor, um, because I always think that um, the growth of anything to do with our culture is... Tied to our reo. Kote reo. So, and I was just wanting to know, I was going to ask her, you know, what she, how their reo was growing, because um, I'm, I'm sort of fearful that uh, our reo, um, the kōrui te reo Māori, we don't have very many opportunities in which we can freely talk about, you know, ite reo Māori. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so... Um, I think that we're doing quite well to retain our language for our young generations, our kids, our mukupunas. Um, but the reo is changing, which is all right. But are we happy? Are we happy to say, um, you know, two generations down, Hey, that's something else that we, besides talking about weaving, about anything else that we do, あ、こてれを回り、これを聞いてパイトコマノを頑張りまひえたたね。これを聞いたくもうよ。こてれを回り。みんなこれこの、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この、この
te tīnoa atu ki a ki a tātou katoa. I te mea, mohi o tonu au, e etahi o, o tātou tino pai, tino reka hoki te kōro i te reo Māori. Etahi atu, he paku noeho. E, pai uhi te paku mōhi o ki te kōro i reo Māori. Ai, ko te mea hoki, kia, kia, a, kia tō whakatō hoki tērā paku mōhi o, a kia pūāwai ne. Koe, koe waku whakaaro. I teach a lot of students who are going to be lawyers, you know. Um, in fact, we have 270-odd Māoris students in our law school. So what they're doing is they're pursuing Pākehā knowledge, okay? And they get to a certain point where they think, hey, Pākehā knowledge does nothing to me as a Māori. I want you to know more about my being a Māori person. So sometimes they'll just take a whole year off and go over to the School of Māori and learn Māori as best they can. Any little bit of Māori that they can learn, they come back, they feel happier for it. Because hey? I think that that's something that we need to think about, besides thinking about all the richness of weaving, of raranga, uh, and Māori. Hey. Anyway, thank you. Actually, I'm a little bit like much. I, I find everything's interconnected anyway. Yeah. It's raranga, reo, yes. mahi kerungi te marae, kaharinga atahi e rāmahi. You know, it, it's not like when we were growing up that, that those things were really separated right out. It mm. was just a normal, everyday part of life. <coughs> um, today, of course, our students expect that they are to learn from step one, two, three, four, five. But... You know, my observations of the, how they taught wasn't like, like that. They teach you because they liked you, they knew your whakapapa, or they could see kayakwe te rapu manawa. They could see that you had the talent for it. You know, today we'll take students, it doesn't matter whether they're talented or not, mm. but in those times, they, they'd watch you. Yeah. They, they'd set you a task or an example, and if they could see you, you could do it, they'd push you further and carry you on. Yeah. Um, it wasn't widely shared knowledge. In fact, uh, the funny thing is, is back in those times, because like, like my chu, my queer was a weaver from home, so that was all right. And then when I went to work at the Arts and Crafts, there were many old guides at that, that time, um, at least a good five or six of them, and they were in their roughly 50s to 60s back in the 80s. Now, they could all be sitting there, and they each had their own specific technique that the other one didn't know. If they liked you, they'd say, I'll show you this way. This is the better way to do it. Don't you do it like them. Don't you go and show that person over there. Because it wasn't. A, it was about this is mine and this is mine to give to who, this one and that one. It wasn't. It wasn't open. Like when you go and sign up for a course, I want to learn from one to ten. Not those days. If they didn't like you, they'd only show you a little bit and then hide out away. Oh, you go and see that person over there. So. What I see is there's quite a difference in the transition of what we're seeing now and what was then. And that's, look, that's only over 20 years. You have one system of teaching against another. And that's why I say, you know, there, there are two groups often going at the same time. Um, it's just recognising which group is which. The issue is raised, how then can old and contemporary ways of learning fibre arts be taught with an iwi and hapu? I think the answer is with family. Yeah. Because I think that family will pick and choose who they regard as being future leaders for their family. So it's got to start at a family level. And so, and I, I, I agree with Carl that in the past, people were chosen. They were sort of given tasks that uh, at, the, at that time they didn't realise why they were doing it. So you, you pick people who were, uh, who were um, you know, patient. Oh, that it, uh, they'll make a good weaver because all weavers are patient, I think. Okay. Learn to be. Focused and all those positive things of a weaver. Um, sharing, uh, manaki, uh, beautiful and uh, lovely heart, mahaki and all that. Nah. And so. I, <laughs> And because, uh, actually, I have to say that that's been my experience to learn about whaikōrero, is that um, it, it has been 
that not everybody can fly kōrero. And I think people, the elders of a family, will recognise that and say, that's not the person, that's the person. Mm -hmm. Because they, you, you, it's intuitive. Uh, if, you, if you look at your own kids, you can say, that one can do that and that one can't, you know, because it's intuitive. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the old people used to do, is to say, I, I think... Um, it, it, in fact, they used to send them away to school. The panel was then asked how weavers who are disconnected with their paha Māori find ways of reconnecting back to it. Oh, just w w one thing, I, I wanted to respond to all of this, um, the kōrero that's been, and your point as well, is that, you know, we're in a really, uh, really fast-changing, fast-paced environment. And families don't look like they used to look. Mm -hmm. And so having that unit and that, um, that closeness together is, doesn't happen for everyone. And so the, and the, the way that we um, access our mightiness again is through whatever means is possible. Some of us come from Raranga, some of us come through the Rio, some of us come from Kapahaka. But we all do it in different ways. And the, there is no, of course there's no solution. We're not going to sit here and go, yes, this is the answer. But, you know, it is about having those, being open that everybody can come and try it. Not everyone's a weaver. Not everyone's, I, I cannot sing, do this and this and poi at the same time. That's not my thing. So we're not, we can't do everything. And we need to maintain um, an openness for anyone to come and experience that expression of mightiness, whatever that is, you know? And then, you know, if they decide that's not their thing, sweet as, go try another Māori expression, you know? As long as the, the platforms are there for people to experience it. That's what I think. It's not a solution. Weaver, Paula, Rigby. I'm a, the product of, you know, I'm an urban Māori. Um, my father went from um, Wairau in the Hawke's Bay down to Christchurch to learn a trade through Rehua, and we grew up in a very white city at the time. And um, it wasn't until a lot later in my life that I found that we did actually have the Naitahu connections and everything sort of fell into place. Um, I was fortunate enough to be, um, because I did kapahaka, that um, the tutor of the group was Hori Brennan, and he wanted to build a marae in Christchurch, and he selected a group of young ladies and sent them to the institute, as it was known in those times. And we, were, we each picked a skill, and we were taught to do that skill. And we were fortunate, again, because we actually had the ability to be able to, to use that skill. And if we had had, at that time, um, the institutes that are available now to go <coughs> into Rarana, I wouldn't have stood up and said, I'm a sometimes weaver. I would be an all-time dedicated weaver because I had to go on and do, do other things. There wasn't what you're talking about. There wasn't the school base available at the time or the, I didn't have the connections to be able to feed that desire to be a full-time weaver and just carry on with that. Um, what we've been doing and part of the work that I do is try to connect people um, with like visions together and have a network um, so we have a little network of uh, weavers and um, trying to bring through new people who want to learn and to help pass them on those skills. But we, we've also had to overcome that thing of having specialist skills that belong to a particular whānau, hapu or iwi, and making sure that we're not crossing those things over and so that those people can keep those things precious to themselves as well. And it's making sure, um, and through my job I get lots of people who ring me up because they want to learn to weave, and um, I make a list, and when we get enough people, we'll have a wānanga. And if we need to bring expertise from the North Island, we go out and we find the funding to do that. And um, we do that in a lot of different areas, because we have a lot of different people, like myself, who are brought up away from their, their papakainga. And um, they get funding, they bring their um, experts from their area to come and teach their kids their tikanga, their reo, those, those skills that they need so that when they do go back to their papakaunga, they can stand there quite proudly and participate correctly in the way that their, their iwi, hapu and whānau do. So those are some of the solutions that we've come up with um, in, in Ōtautahi that work for us. It won't work for everybody because the, the core 
and that is that you need to have hard, dedicated workers who are going to do the mahi to make these things happen. They have to have the desire, the drive and the passion to do it. With issues like cultural retention and copyright, how vulnerable is the state of Māori fibre arts? Weaver, Donna Campbell. You know, just in terms of that whole thing, it's the diversity that's in this room. You know, we're all, we're all practitioners and we're all artists, all of us. We're all of those things, we're everything. And so to try and take it all apart and like yourself, I'm, I don't think we're trying to take it apart and we can't answer. But the dialogue begins here, you know, so that if we can walk away from here with a thought about, you know, how can I maintain what it is that I do or why am I doing what I do, actually, is the question. Why am I doing what I do and how does that contribute to my people? So, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Panelist Machu Dixon recognises the differences between what Māori Fibre Arts is today compared to the times of our tūpuna. I agree with Kahu's um, mm-hmm. analysis of what our discussion is. Mm-hmm. Um, but in fact, it, I think it reflects that we all come from different uh, backgrounds mm-hmm. um, and that we'll never solve each other's problem. Mm-hmm. What we can do is talk in, in gen- generalities because we're talking about our culture. So I think that um, Himwata talked about... Um, that's one of the bases of our culture, uh, about manakitanga, about arohaki te tangata. There is some, um, and although it sounds like Carl and I might, or, or me, I might have a sort of uh, idealised romantic view of what it used to be like, I think that uh, in those days it was very simple what was for them. And I, and I think that and so what you what I think I you, you know I I sometimes have to do is would it be nice to be like they were or is it nice to be as we are now? And from a Maori point of view, I think I'd like to be as they were because they had a fakaro about all this kind of thing that was kind of a little bit different to to what we might have now. I I think that. Um, this is a good avenue for to experiment, to push the boundaries, to be creative, and all that kind of thing. And I think that's expected to you as a person who takes up the, um, you know, the dararanga. Because um, I don't think in, I think some can and some can't. You know, like they do in Kapahaka. Some can Kapahaka and some can't. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and some. Uh, and I like to look at it in a in a in a in a, a more rounded view of, as part of our cultural being. A panel discussion there with Weavers Machu Dixon, Paula Rigby, Carl Leonard, and Donna Campbell, recorded at this year's Indigenous Weavers International Symposium in Rotorua. For more information about the event, you can head to our webpage radioNZ.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. And Fano Ma, why not subscribe to our weekly newsletter? You can also find the link on our webpage. King Street Artworks in Masterton opened its doors in 1997. The warehouse space has an art gallery, a workshop area, printing press, and what's more, people can learn art there for free. The local district health board provides funding for the facility because it's a place where people with mental illnesses, head injuries, youth at risk or recovering addicts can express themselves creatively. Now there's a myriad of things that the whānau there do like bone carving, kite making, pottery, sculpture. In fact, near the front of the building is where they can sell their art. I met up with Jenny Kartene Morgan nor Tuhoi Mengati Pro, who teaches her students well many things. Passionate about art herself, she's known affectionately as Fire Jenny. Well, kia ora, I'm um, Fire Jenny. Um, I was born in um, Wellington. I'm originally from Tarawa, Tuhoe, Ngātipura and Kahanana. And I'm an import to the Wairarapa, but I love it. So Jenny, what do you do here? Uh, I'm the um, Māori art teacher at King Street Artworks and um, I help people with uh, Māori designs. Uh, whether it's painting, printmaking, bone carving, carving, um, weaving, 
anything really. Like anything raranga, raranga. If they ask for it, I have to go and find out what they want. And sometimes I actually bring people in and do wānanga. I've got four wānanga a year that I do. Um, and this year we're going to be doing carving um, Māori puppets. Oh, like karitao puppets. Aye, karitao. We're going to try anyway. Now, how has art become part of your life? Um, I've been an artist all my life, actually. I think before I could speak, I was drawing. Really? Yeah, um, I've got a background of doing a um, diploma in visual arts. I've done a diploma in visual arts, a diploma in te reo. I'm still learning it, though. <laughs> um, and a BA in multi-visual arts at Massey University. And so how did you end up in the Wairarapa? Um, my parents, well, my mother's worked here for about 21 years or 25 years and um, when I had my baby I decided to come back to her <laughs> and she was living in the Wairarapa um, and so I had my baby and I was a parent at the Kohanga Ngāti Hamwa and um, was there for a couple of years and then decided to finish off my diploma so I went to Wairarapa Community Politic back then, now it's called UCO. Um and then from there I went to Massey. So you've had spent quite a few is it, is it part of your whānau like did you see it around did you see drawing from your around your whānau or rāranga um, well because I was whāngai um, into a, a lovely um, Pākehā whānau it's just my Morgan name um, but they're very creative and through them I saw things that I loved and we had a, an old friend oh, well there's a few actually um Jean Grant, uh, she's one of my, well I see her as Jean one of my Grant, aunties. yes. Yeah, is one of my aunties and um, I used to watch her draw and she used to do portraits and all that sort of stuff so I saw her do that and another one is um, Roger Ingerton, he's a tattooist um, and he's done quite a lot of tattoos over the years, Tāmoko as well. Tāmoko, where's yeah. Roger from? Wellington. Okay. He, he used to own the tattoo shop in Wellington. I think he's still part ownership but he no longer does tattooing. But um, yeah, so through that and seeing them do that, it was just one of those things I fell in love with art. So, know. are there many Māori that come to this um, King Street artworks, um, Jenny? Um, so between half and half, 50 50. Yeah. It just depends. I mean, depending on whether they're healthy, whether they're feeling okay coming out, um, whether they um, want to be in the community. Right. This, this is like a, a huge community based art centre where you can come and do um, carving if you're a woman and feel comfortable doing it. Yes. Because um, there are quite a lot of our nannies who won't carve, but yep. when they come in here, because we change it into abstraction, abstract, sorry, um, they will have a little go at it and feel comfortable about doing that. Uh, we don't do traditional with them because that they don't want to do that, yep. and that's okay. And yep. I don't do traditional either. I do quite contemporary. Because it does carving. go against some, like, tikanga, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does, especially on some of my waka, and on some of my other waka, they say it's kaitapai. So I have to jump sometimes. Yeah, but do you feel safe in doing that though here as, as Māori? As Māori, yes I do. Um, one was because of my koro albi, um, my, my koro albi up in Tarawa. Koro albi? Tahana. Tahana? Aye. And he was the one that oh, no. ever said to me, if anyone wants to um, tell you off baby, tell them to come to me. So that's where I would So hear. that was sort of like your, your, your coat of Yeah, of, my of coat guidance. of armour <laughs> to be able to do it and feel safe. Can we, um, okay, so we're in the workshop area where you yeah. do the Māori visual arts. Shall we go around? We and are. And at the moment we have um, a few people doing bone carving and um, trying different methods. Um, we don't use um, machinery, like we don't use dremels. We've gone back to the using hand tools, um, files. We've made some hand tools. This is Brent, and Brent's... Um, hi, hi. <laughs> Thank you. Having a go at trying to do knots and bone carving. So what's a, what's a, an, is a knot a pattern? Yeah, just a, a, it's just one of his patterns that he's decided to um, make up. It's based on a Celtic, Celtic knot. And um, the design I drew, drew out originally became too complicated, so I've had to modify it. Now it's going to be just a simple knot. So does that mean you started again? Or oh no, I just didn't finish. Just altered the whole piece of carving till I got what I. Or, well. You rehabbed it. <laughs> no, yeah, the materials. What are you? What's the material there it's that you're bone. using? Bone. Bone. Yeah. Um, just beef bone. Beef, beef bone. bone. Mm. Yeah. Uh, bones are a bit hard to get at times, aren't they? Yeah. We get them. Yeah. How do you source? How do you source the bone? Uh, we normally go to the butchers and ask them if we can have a pile. And um, I do a three-day boiling process, which I found really interesting. Mm -hmm. 
really fatty, but <laughs> messy, but it's all good. I mean, because it's not about me, it's about our artists having the material to be able to do it. So when you get the beef bone, you boil it for three hours and then a meat, the fatty yeah, then bits I have come to off. Scrape off the meat and then reboil it again and then reboil it, changing the water all the time. You can leave it in the ground, but then you have to wait that process. It's you know depending on the fast process. I do mm. it the fast way because mm. then I also dry it. Yeah, in a hot water cabinet. Can you estimate when this will be finished, or did oh, it should be finished another week? Mm, week and a bit. Week and a bit. All right. Week and week a bit. And a bit. Back into it again. So, as the tutor, Jenny, what's the process? Do you um, guide through his yeah, his work? Well, this is Brent's third piece, um, and in the beginning, we went through the books and we showed designs. Then he came up with his design that he wanted to do, which is a. Um, one of the uh, scarab with yeah, a scarab. holding an Egyptian ink. And I like the design, and it's consequently uh, it's an hour toy at the moment in our uh, show. Annual show that we have once a year, we go to Aratoi, and our artists get to show their beautiful artwork over there. For sale? Yes. Yeah, yes, some of well, these, those two, the first two pieces are not yet, they'll probably be given away. Jenny, once a piece is finished, mm-hmm. um, is it blessed? Yes, normally um, we get Auntie Addie, Atereta Paku. Um, she would actually bless them for our artists. I can do it too. I normally go to her because she's our elder. Um, but, yeah, normally she would do that for us um, as our kuia and our kaumatua of um, King Street Artworks. Excellent. Well, I'd better let you get on with it, Brent. Right, thank you very much. Okay, so we've got a few rangatahi. Yeah, we have a few rangatahi on Tuesdays, um, and they've come in to figure out what bone carving's all about and how to do it. Um, we have a few of them doing their own designs, love hearts, and I'm not quite sure what your one is again. What's yours? Dragon. It's a dragon. He's done his own design of a dragon. Cool. And this is his second piece. And, um, yeah, just trying to figure out what it's like and whether they like it or not, and... Normally I tell them it's about a month before they finish, so I'm quite glad that a couple of them have rolled over and keep coming down, which is really cool. Do you have like little bits of, of power that go on the bone? Um, we do, but we try not to do it here because we don't have running water at the same time as cutting. Um, so if they're going to do that, we'll tell them to go down to the power shop and um, cut it in and to get the Pacific sizes down there so we could fit them in because um, power's quite um, poisonous once the dust hits you. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't actually cut power unless you're having running water at so the same time. So if the whānau get power from, you know, having collected power in the ocean and they went, oh, God, the shells are cool, what, should they not cut they, it up? They shouldn't, but, I mean, I know a lot do. <laughs> it also depends on where you get your power from. Like parts of Canterbury and whatnot, like Icora, you'll find it's full of limestone, and limestone not good for power. Yeah, so if you're ever thinking about cutting um, power up, you should always have running water at the same time to make it a mush instead of the dust that flies around. So this is where you are? This is, this is where, you are. This is where I am three yeah. days a week, uh, Monday, Tuesday and a Friday. Um, and, yeah, this is basically what I do most of the time. Depending on what people want me to teach them is what I will teach them. But on a Tuesdays, it's mainly bone carving. So this is the area where you do the bone carving, the raranga, the... Yep, um, the bone carving, the raranga, the carving, um, lead lighting. We've done um, heitiki lead lighting here. What's lead lighting? Um, it's when you um, are cutting up um, sheets of glass, different coloured glass, and putting them together with lead. It's so like those um, window... Oh, oh right like the there. window panes. That is right. a hei that one of our artists did. Kapai. We've also done manuote. Manuote. Which is our kites. Um, Stephen Kawana. He came over and taught us how to do these sort of manuote. Um, they were supposed to be all natural fibres, but we accidentally put wool in there too because we ran out of our muka. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have time to scrape the mucker down, so we used the old wool <coughs> and feathers and power bits. <coughs> but you know, we, we do what we can. Do you draw on any current um, Māori artists as inspiration? Um, do you try and keep it as? Well, I do, I do personally. It's, it's 
different here at the workshop because it's what our artists want and if they're interested in Māori artists well then I'll bring them up um, if they're not I'll try and head them off into imaging and say oh well this is so and so and he did this and this is what they do and if you look them up on the web you can see more about them um, my biggest one is June Grant June Grant um, she's mine um, and she's my inspiration um, and the rest of it is whānau whānau based in my iwi um, really culturally based I am. I love mm. love Māori art. The Tiaroa side of you. Uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so modest I am. <laughs> We're just leaving the Māori uh, workshop area and we're coming into the um, main area. The main area. Okay. Um, well, I've just put you over to the clay table and uh, this is where Janet, who's disappeared, is the main tutor here. But um, we do anything you want to do. Bowls, um, pot. All sorts of pottery stuff, of course, yes. I can't think at the moment. Animals, um, candle holders, the wicks. At the moment, we have Nairi. Hi, Nairi. Sitting here next to me. Um, and she's... What are you doing, Nairi? This is going to be a green man. It's made out of leaves. You roll the clay out flat, and then you just place the leaf on top. Draw around Stencils. Um, and then it's formed into a face shape. And the spaces between the leaves there create the eyes. Oh. And there's this shape for the nose and everything. Something that you hang out in your garden. And those are real leaves? Those are real leaves. Real yeah. leaves. Yep, I got them from home. It saves How did you not break work. them? <laughs> <laughs> How did you not tear them? Yeah. And, and do you like coming here, Nairi? Oh, I love coming here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was like finding all my dreams come true all at once. <laughs> I looked in and I saw all the things that that they offered and I said gee I don't know that I'll go home <laughs> I want to stay here uh, I think what is the main thing about it is that it's a very caring, supportive, loving environment, you know I, I haven't Far heard no feeling. a real mean word exchanged, it's, it's very positive and everyone's very encouraging of everyone else's work yeah. Thank Not, you for that Nairi <laughs> How long would this take you to, to, to finish? Um, well, the actual work I can get finished today, but then it's got to dry out. Then it's got to be bisqueed. Then it has, when it comes out of the the kiln, it's got to be glazed and then put back in again. So it's a bit of a process. But the only really delay is is waiting till there's room in the kiln and all that sort of thing. If everyone else is busy, it takes longer. Yeah. And would you end up painting these? Um, yeah, there is a particular paint called a glaze. A glaze. Yeah, so you can. Do all sorts of colours on them. There's some finished work over here. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And then you put a clear coat over the top that makes it all glossy. Nice. Thank you very much for that, Nairi. Yeah, no okay, so um, could we walk around there, Jenny? And yeah, you can, we can. We can keep going around. Lots of cool paints. and I want to know what those circle things are in the middle. Ah, oh, they're the wheels. Oh! <laughs> so they can turn the clay around oh, easily. Right. Right. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Kia ora. I'm Justine Murray from Radio New Zealand. Kia ora. Kia ora, Sharon. Well, what do, you, can, you can take your seat here. You, yeah, sit, yeah. you sit down. You be sit relaxed. down. Yeah, yeah, be relaxed. So can I ask what you're working on today? Uh, I'm just doing... Uh, just uh, going to start painting. 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 Yeah. Have you thought about what you're going to paint? Yeah, I thought about doing a fruit bowl with fruits in it, but it didn't work out that way, so I had to change it. <laughs> so I might change it along the line, but no, yeah. And I've done like a, a mask and a, um, what else? A kite. I've done a kite, so yeah. Oh, I've done cool. a lot of um, clay work ye- a year ago, so yeah. Done really good since I've been here, and I love King Street. <laughs> You love King Street. Yeah, yeah. Do you come in here every day? No, or? I work at Te Whare Atawhai. I'm a support worker for mental health for Te Whare Atawhai and I come in the days that I can get in. Do you have whānau here? I don't know how to do it. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. I do. Do you have whānau here? Yeah, I've got two well, I've got two girls on my own, oh. Ashley and Soraya. Soraya's 22, and Ashley's only going on 12, 13, so yeah. And I just come here and be with my friends. I've got lovely friends here. They're real, real, real welcoming. Mm. Yeah. Hi, Rita. 
Hi. Um, what are you What are you doing today here at King Street Artworks? Um, I just was given a plant um, from the, the um, spider plants. They have um, a range of them here, and they have a lot of our um, family. We have a um, free clothes box as well. People donate. You know the spider plants. They um, have cuttings, so I got my I got cuttings off them to start a whole new plant. It's really good, and I'm just starting a picture. Cool. Can we talk about your picture? You've got a picture of um, Notorious B.I.G. there. Yeah. yeah. Is your would you sketched? Would you draw him? Um, I will try my um, your best. My hand did it. Yeah. I haven't been too much into um, drawing lately. My um, creative spark sort of diffuse uh, not in a um, positive way I don't know where it's actually gone So are you trying to get inspired? Um, no it's just sort of hoping it'll just come back I think um, being something I political may actually help me into um, starting to uh, Get a bit more motivated into the picture. What's the best thing about? How often do you come here? Um, maybe twice a week. Oh yeah. Times a week. Go to Tifaria to fire around the corner. It's another free day service. For they have lunch and we play pool all day there. Oh, cool. Drink lots of coffee and talk. It's, it's a lot quieter here. It's a lot quiet. Oh, right. Extremely quiet. Yeah. There. And are you from Masterton? Um, no, originally um, my family's from all over the place, but I mostly grew up in Wellington. On Wellington. Masterton's my new um, place to explore pretty much <laughs> in my adult days here. Yeah, yeah. Monaco, I think yeah. that's where we are. Yeah. Well, thank you very much so for your time, Rita. Big ups to Kahanunu. Big ups me. to Kahanunu. Too much here, yeah, Radio New Zealand. My grandmother was very big in BBC, so I do have to politely um, give what I can to Radio New Zealand. Anything you want to know in specific? Oh, no, just just like um, whether you love being here at King Street Artworks. Um, yes, I do. I have I have tantrums and. And always never want to come back, but then I get at home and think, oh, good God, what am I going to do with my own life? If I don't come back, I'll miss everybody and the colours are so bright here and the teachers really help with um, time rating. Thank you, Rita. Thank you. Kia ora, via Jenny Katene Morgan and some of her students at King Street Artworks in Masterton. Now, there are some pictures posted up on our webpage. You can go to radionz.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. I'm Justin Murray and this is Te Ahika. Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori kicks off tomorrow, so what sort of things are y'all up to to mark the week? Well, here at Radio New Zealand, we'll be doing daily activities and ending it all with a bit of a hākari, that's a shared meal. And we'll be handing out our annual awards to our colleagues who do their bit to promote Te Reo Māori. I caught up with Māori Language Commissioner and staunch Te Reo Māori advocate Rua Kirihond, and we talked about this year's theme, kai. Most people um, and, um, know the word kai, and they quite often know many different types of kai, so they know words like hāngi or kumara, Māori-based words. Um, and so the the idea of, of uh, focusing on kai is really... Um, focusing back in the in the home environment, focusing back in the daily activities, routine, um, with the with the expectation that once people start things like that and start to use certain words, whether they learn a karakia to start their kai or whether they they are able to use certain um, inst- um, asking questions over the table, can you pass me this? Those sorts of things, um, they're able to um, continue to use those beyond Māori Language Week. For many Māori who speak Māori, um, Māori Language Week is is really um, is a time when they they simply carry on doing the things, but, they, <laughs> yeah. but quite often they get called in to help other other kaupapa and to support other things. So the idea of focusing on kai is is a is a fairly easy thing for people to do and to um, to become involved with. 
and particularly with the focus um, in in Tauravudi is to is to focus in on on the home and community language use. Um, for for many years, a lot of the focus has been um, in um, educational environments, um, institutional environments. Um, however, by by recognising the key role of whānau, um in the revitalisation of a language and the return back to the concept and the emphasis given to family and the, ho- the home and the community environments, um, kai is well suited. Yeah. So as a, as a commissioner, Ruikiri, you know, there's certainly a lot of um, support that goes into Te Wiki o Te Reo, like in terms of corporate companies that um, get on board in New Zealand's probably one that I can think of. You know, it would be great if they could do that all the time. Well, in actual fact, I think they, they do in some ways. For many, many organisations, um, they do something through Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori, and then it becomes something they they really like doing those sorts yeah. of things, or they they learn a little bit of real, or they create some sort of resource, um, and they realise that it's actually not as hard as what they ha- had envisaged it was going to be. And so, for some things such as um, Air New Zealand has is, is, continued doing a lot of things that they first implemented and trialled through Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori and have continued, and we, we put a big me to groups like that who try something, pilot it through the week. Um, it's easy to do because they can say, this is part of our support of Māori Language Week, but then they find that once Māori Language Week finishes, why not continue to do certain things? And, and um, particularly in the media, many of the, the changes that, that we, we see occurring in media, but in mainstream media, is the um, the 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 concept of starting with a mihi, starting with a, some sort of statement? Or... Well, yeah, they 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 are relatively straightforward. <laughs> After a while, they sort of start to wear thin when <laughs> the the same it's the same thing, and it sounds a little bit robotic. But um, the, there is there is a um, I believe well from the perspective of Māori language week, the bar gets raised again every every year. And so the idea of Māori Language Week and trying a few phrases and the ad that's added to the repertoire of those in, involved is a is a is a valuable exercise. Mm. And so um, Māori Language Week for many people who speak Māori on a regular basis um, is um, can be a little bit of a hoha because you end up <laughs> there's a lot more work through that week. Um, and you start, many people say, well, what is Māori Language Week? Every week's Māori Language Week, but the idea of seeing Māori language being more prominent in a whole range of things and the um, schools getting behind it and encouraging the, all of their pupils to, to use Māori in a range of contexts, um, yeah, we, we're right in support of it. And so Kai, again, um, we're hoping everyone eats through this week. <laughs> <laughs> there at some stage they'll have a feed and um, at some stage they'll think about, well, what real can I use while in, in relation to this, this meal? And whether that's a hākari or whether it's a picnic or whether that's a barbecue that they call and they um, they learn what is a sausage, what is a, um, a, a steak or, you know, what, and then they, or um, the, the baked potatoes yeah. or whatever, and yeah. to say that in yeah. Māori, and to, and to use real um, in those in that environment is is a is a is a great thing to do. Ruikiri, in terms of the media, um, do you think the pronunciation has improved? Absolutely, I think there's there's been some major changes. I mean, I think back to ten years ago, and you know the, the way in which pronounced, particularly Maori names, and and while many people will say, well, that's just the way they've um, they they speak, you know, that's the way they grew up hearing that. Well. The reality is that for many Māori, um, we associate um, inappropriate or th- that sort of pronunciation with a quite a um, antagonistic view towards Māori issues, and to to hear uh, people um, non-Māori pronouncing Māori words appropriately is is really empowering. It's a, it's a it's a it's a really supportive of of local identity and and the fact that Māori do have um, are recognised within. The roles that they um, that these people, and particularly in media, but I think media is important. Simply, the main reason is that they have such a wide spread of influence. It's in their daily lives. Uh, media is our lives today. You know, most from the time you get in the wake up in the morning <laughs> to the alarm clock playing yep. thing, right through to the evening and watching um, uh, some sort of 
Oh, six o'clock news, or even some programs that come across here. There's a lot of um, Māori being spoken, Shortland Street, the like, where you know Māori being used in those environments. Yeah. So, um, the, the the fact that it's oral language um, again is really important. Our ears adjust after a while. You know, places like um, here in Taranaki. You know, how long have we put up with um, people saying the neki? Oh. You know, it's just the greats. Ev- most Māori that saying the neki grates people's ears because it, it reflects a very hard Pākehā um, uh, attitude towards any any view that Māori can um, have a role or have a place within this, this Taranaki region. And it takes us straight back to the days of the wars. It takes us straight back to the days of the confiscations and the... Um, in the grievance, so you know the the idea of that people say oakura, so rather than say oakra <laughs> <laughs> or tetra mac instead of tatarai oh. the, the, the the idea that um, that people say tatarai immediately um, puts Māori back into um, the, the the role and the position that we feel is appropriate for us in this region. So, do I mean, what do you do if um, you know a fellow Māori says to you, oh, you know, the neki? Do you correct them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, quite often to. people don't really understand yeah. what that is, and and quite often uh, Maori among Maori, it's no big deal because we are who we are. You know, they say, "Oh, what's the what? What is the hassle with this?" But um, I think people are starting to become more aware about the impact of language um, and how it changes people's attitudes. So I think people think of language as something quite harmless, and it doesn't, it you know it. What people say is no big deal. It's what they do that's important. But people don't understand the relationship between quite often. They don't understand uh, the um, the relationship between what people say and how they say things and what they do and their attitudes that they that they portray with that. And so understanding that and becoming more critically aware about our language and the need to to support positive attitudes towards Māori um, rangatiratanga towards Māori empowerment within this region. Um, is um, is is a learning exercise for many of our people. So quite often, um, even just the look on your face <laughs> is enough to, uh, to cringe say to material people, to yes. say to people, um, "Yeah, I'm not into that sort of." And you know, um, um, it, it's quite it, people say things like "paradise" and things like that, and it sounds really cool, you know, "paradise" and all that sort of stuff. But it's just um, that when you when you say it back and say "paradise," it doesn't sort of. Uh, doesn't mean the same things, but but I think the the, the key thing is is that we are in this um, the, the 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 country as a whole is in a learning curve as to how we recognise each other, and um, and you know personally I sort of think if people don't get into this if people don't buy into the fact that we are moving ahead as a nation as a as a wider society as a, and, and our communities and how we relate together why we just sort of wonder well, how much do they actually support this country how much do they are they really part of this place or how much do they live in some in some vacuum um, isolated away from the reality of really what is taking place and if they if they want stuff like that well then if they want that sort of environment in this country well maybe this country isn't a really a place for them yeah um, the, the reality is is that um, that that Māori are going to have a, a larger, a larger voice in this country, um, just for sheer population, and Māori are also becoming far more critically aware than they were in the past. Um, so things such as pronunciation is really part of that vanguard of a change that's occurring nationally. And if the media support that, we're well in behind that. Māori language commissioner Rua Kirehond no Ngāti Ruanui. She's only been in the job for under a month. Glenis Philip Barbara is the newly appointed CEO of Te Taurawhiri i Te Reo Māori, or the Māori Language Commission. We talk about what resources are available to help out with this year's theme. Glenis, kei tō atu ki tērā kōrero me huri um, tāua ki te kaupapa o te wiki o Te Reo Māori, mm. ko te kaupapa mo tēnei tau, ko te kai. Mm. Nō reira, me kōrero hia mai, hia ha... Um, Hihaitahiunga 
katoe ngā whānau te, te whai i wetahi kōrero i roto i te kāinga tonu. He āhua whakamāwetahi o ngā tauiro o te reo Māori ki te whakapāho o rātau reo ki te ao whānui i rongi te tiriti. Tērā pia he āhua māmā ki te kōrero i roto i te kāinga, uh, ki te tēpū, i roto i te kēhini, ki uera tūmomo wāhi o te kāinga, kia ngā wari ake te rere o te reo. So, ko hanga wetahi o ngā kaimahi o te taurawhiri, tēnei pukapuka, hei paku āwhine ki ngā whānau e hehe ana te kōrero mō ngā āhuatanga o te kai katoa. So, ngā kōrero mō te māra, mō te moana, te ngahere, te awa, te kauta, te pāmu, te hupamā ki te wera, wahi katoa kia akia ki ngā whānau ki te kōrero. Ai, i haere um, māua kumaraia ki tērā toa ki Tokomaru Bay. Oh, ai. ai, ki tērā Foursquare. Aha, ko te... rongo nui o te ao. <laughs> ai, i te mea ko te nuinga o ngā, o ngā me ki ngā tohu o roto i te reo Māori. Ai, tika. Ai, rekarau atu. Hia hato kōrero ki kia rātou e hihiana ki te aku i te reo Māori, me pēhia te, te huarahi mā rātou. Tērā pia, ko te mea pai o te wiki o te reo Māori, um, ko tēnei, he wā kia āta whakāro hea ngā whānau me ngā tangata mō te reo Māori tonu. Mena, ka hehe koe te aku i te reo Māori, eta, wepua, haere, Nui ngā krāhe, nui ngā wāhe. Kore utu? Kore utu. <laughs> Hei āwhina, ia. Koe kawe whakamā, kawe māharahara. Um, ko te tīmatanga, te tīmatanga, he mea nui tēnā. Mo te tangata, mo te whānau, mo te hāpore. E hekama mo te, mo te motu whānui. Nō reira, ki te kore koe e mahi i tēnei wā, me haere koe. Hei tīmatanga. Kei tuatu ki tērā, uh, Glenis, te kaiwhakahaere matua o te taurewhiri i te reo Māori. Kia ora rā. Kia ora rā. Glenis Philip Barbara, nō Ngāti Porau, the new CEO of te taurewhiri i te reo Māori, sharing a few ideas and ways to include te reo Māori in your home. And remember, the theme for this year's Tawiki o te reo Māori is all about food. We'll be back next week with Glenis, where we chat about her new role, whānau, and her own personal journey of learning te reo Māori. To listen again to Tiahika, it's easy as. And a big ups to all of you who have checked out our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash Tiahika. Now on the page, you'll find a link to join our weekly newsletter. And yep, finally, we've joined the millions who are on Facebook. You can click the Facebook logo on our page to get our weekly updates. Aneira, I'm Mike Burrell, Norte Pirirako, with this week's Fakatoki. Hapaitia, Taratika Pumo Ai, Terangatiratanga Monga Uri Pakatipu, which means foster the pathway to knowledge to strengthen independence and growth for future generations. For me it's about supporting our Rangatai, you know, and, and uh, you know, when you foster the pathway, the pathway is so huge, so it's support them, it's to um, support their, their belief in themselves really, you know, because that's probably a lot of what cuts them short. And by doing that, you strengthen their independence, and from there they actually want to go on to things like university or take on challenges of employment from there. So to me, in a nutshell, you know, it's about supporting our rangatahi to help them believe in themselves. Ko maua te maunga, ko tauranga te moana, ko ngāti ranginui me ngāitarangi ngā iwi, ko takitimi me mātātua ngā waka, ko perirākau te hapu, ko pautitarangi me paparoku marae, Next week, well, it's our Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori special. Mariah visits a butcher shop in Ōtaki and is surprised to learn that their signage inside is in Te Reo Māori. Kapai. Plus, we'll check out other activities taking place around the motu to entrench Te Reo Māori into everyday life. I mean, it is an official language of Aotearoa. 
Ko tai anu mātou ki te mutunga a te ahikā, ka tukumihia hau ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki. He mihi atu anō ki tāku nei kai whakahaere i ngā tapu-tapu, ngā mihi, hoki mai hei tērā wiki, mauri ora, tātou katoa.